0: This episode is sponsored by the Big Bad Booty Daddy Academy. This is the academy that teaches all of your children how to be freaks every day of the week. We offer different classes such as an astounding math class.
1: But then you take my 75% chance of winning. If we used to go one-on-one and then add 66 and two-thirds percent. I got 141 and two-thirds chance of winning at sacrifice.
0: Also, in comparison to our unrivaled math education, you will receive a fantastic history education as well.
1: It's your time to go back to Canada, the place we call Mexico North.
0: And at the Big Bad Booty Daddy Academy, we not only want to work the mind, but we also want to work the body. And that's part of our phys ed class.
1: And after it's all said and done, you're gonna be taking splitters out of your fat asses all night long because you got some fat asses. The only one chance you have, you have no chance. But you had a chance, is you can run nickety split because you can't run because you got some fat asses. And after it's sun done, we're gonna have a tailgate party for all my freaks out there.
0: Enrollment starts for the fall semester next month, and please make sure if you want your kids to be. Freaks of the week, please, 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 please enroll in the Big Bad Booty Daddy Academy. This is an education that cannot be missed. Hello,
2: everyone, and welcome once again to the Triple R Podcast. <laughs> I hope... <laughs> I hope you all enjoyed our little uh, sponsor for today's episode. I would, I
3: would say that is our first sponsor.
2: Shout out to our sponsor this episode, Big Papa Pump, Big Bad Booty Daddy Academy, <laughs> changing, changing, molding the young minds of tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen.
3: And I, I, the last I heard, now I, I could be wrong. You know, my information isn't always correct. But I want to say that at the Big Bad Booty Daddy Academy that he wanted to go to school uh, more than seven days a week. Listen, dude,
1: I got freaks nine days out of the week. I can give I was only yes. seven days in a week. Man, you ain't big pop. I'm a big bad booty daddy stop. Now listen, English.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's true. And English is one of the other subjects that Big Bad Booty Daddy offer. So <laughs> uh let's let's uh let's let's <laughs> enough about the sponsors. Let's get into the show. Uh yeah. I'm Chris, one of your faithful hosts. Oh, boy. That was too good. Uh, as as always, I'm joined by uh, big brother Warren. Warren, how you doing?
3: Doing well, Chris. Uh, hopefully, by the time that the Triple R podcast uh, listeners hear this, the uh, snow that's outside is freaking melted.
2: Mm, one can only hope. And uh, joining us via satellite... Uh, we, did we get a satellite in the budget? It's, you know, he's halfway across the globe. It's hard to, you know, get him in there, but we, we, we made, we, we made it work. Uh, we tapped into a NASA feed and, 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 you know, via satellite phone, uh, Justin Pilcher, Justin, how are you reading us? Can you, can you hear us? Okay.
0: Hey, Chris, it's so great to be here. Thank you for having me.
2: No problem. I'm glad you can make it, Pilch. It's uh, you know, it sounds like you're. We have a little bit of a lag uh, going on with the satellite phone. Uh, uh, could you try adjusting a little bit?
0: I am tweaking the settings now. Okay, I'm back. Uh, yeah, you know the satellite's a little tricky from time to time. It makes me sound like a robot for some reason. But uh, yeah, no, I'm here.
2: All right. Well, th- thank you. Thank you so much for being here, Pilch. You're welcome. Uh, so, okay. it's okay, Warren. You'll get you'll get used to it. You'll love it. You're gonna learn to love the bit. You're gonna learn to love it. Anyway, Let's, uh, let's get into the pay per view. Not even close. Let's get into it. Let's go. Let's get. Let's let's. We're gonna start this up right now. So, ladies and gentlemen, this week, uh, this episode, we will be reviewing WCW. NWO Uncensored 1998. Uh, this pay-per-view took place on March 15th, 1998 in the at the Mobile Civic Center in Mobile, Alabama. The attendance for the uh, pay-per-view was 7,475. And the uh, broadcast team you will be hearing throughout this pay-per-view will be Tony Schiavoin. Uh, Bobby the Brian Heenan, and the human encyclopedia, Mike <laughs> Uh <laughs> So this, okay, the reason I picked this pay-per-view, um, we were kind of like crunch for time, and I went out to the network, and I'm scrolling, 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 and I saw the picture for this pay-per-view and it was a picture of Sting, uh, you know, sending a clothesline over to uh, Scott Hall. I was like, "Oh, this could be cool." So I took a look at this this card. You I breeze through it, and I was like, "I, it's pretty good." I mean, you know, there was only one match that I was skeptical about, and uh, no offense to our our current sponsor, but it was the uh, big big Papa Pump and Lex Luger. Uh, Match was the only one I was like this one Might be a little iffy but uh, other than that I felt like every other car every other match On the card was was solid Um, But oh boy Well I mean we'll get into it but I just WCW man Like what were you doing What were you doing back then
3: They were doing a lot
2: A lot of like just Questionable questionable moves I just I don't know I don't know. So let's 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 see first impressions on this match, uh or on this uh pay-per-view. Pilch, what are your first impressions for Uncensored ninety eight?
0: Uh first and foremost, this is uh titled Wrestling's Most Unpredictable Night. Which uh, you know, that's a lot to live up to. And uh, <laughs> I don't think it did. Uh, Your boy Skiavone has a great, I would say, A-plus mullet for this pay-per-view. Like he had been growing (laughs) that thing out. He's got it teased. He he looks fantastic.
2: Skiavone had a mullet?
0: Oh, yeah. Big-time mullet. He was business in the front, party in the back all (laughs) night long.
2: Are Um, you sure you weren't just seeing Eddie Guerrero's mullet?
0: No, I mean, I, there was also an Eddie Guerrero mullet, but not the one I'm referring to. Uh, I thought it was interesting that we have a uh, WCW title online. not the main event, but the main event happened to be a heel versus heel main event, which rarely headlines pay per view. So I was interesting to see, interested to see how that was going to turn out.
2: Yeah, that was a uh, you know you you have this pay per view and your your main belt isn't closing out the show. I mean, it's it's questionable, and I don't know. Maybe maybe it's not that weird. I feel like WWE currently has done that once or twice, but only when it was like um, who who would have been? I think it was like a Brock match, and, and I mean that's like different. I mean. Hogan and Macho, I mean is that I don't know. I mean I don't know. It's just it's questionable. It's all questionable. It's WCW. Goddamn out there.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh Warren, what do you got for a uh, uh, initial first thought of this pay-per-view? Um so first first thought was I've always liked
3: the uh how the the uncentered logo looked almost like you were cutting up a ransom note with the letters out of different magazine clippings and whatnot. I always thought that was a nice aesthetic, so to speak. Um, We do have Shivani, Tanae, and Heenan on the call. I just found it weird that when they showed the banner with their names on it, it was only their first names. I mean, not that we didn't know who they were, but it's just, do we really have to call them Tony, Mike, and Bobby? you You can say their whole names. Um, And they were preaching the whole time that this uncensored pay-per-view will be unpredictable. And um, I mean, no spoilers or anything, but it was rather predictable. (laughs) I didn't see anything. uh, There was very little uncensored about this pay-per-view and uh, we will get into it shortly. Could
2: that be uh, because it's, maybe there was some sort of uncensoredness of it but because it's on the network they took it out
3: no 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 this was this was just the way it was booked um, there were previous uncensored pay-per-views that were that were littered with notice qualification matches other random gimmick matches um, this one had none of that Mm. Hmm. yeah even if even if you just took out the the no disqualification for the whole night i don't even think they did that
2: no i don't think they did either because i mean there was like shifty stuff that happened in all the matches but i wouldn't i don't think it was i don't think any other match other than the triple threat was a no dq
3: yeah, outside of the name, this was a very regular uh, pay per view. But we will we will get into that.
2: We will get into it. So let's just let's just jump right in. Let's go to the first match opener on the card. Thank you for the bell ring. Um, so I will say I think this is the first time, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is the first pay per view WCW pay per view we watched that did not open with a cruiserweight match.
3: You might be right. I mean, and it's cruiserweight to Jace because Eddie Guerrero is a cruiserweight, and Booker T is is definitely on the come up here.
1: Mm
3: -hmm. Uh, So this is a very good match to start with, even if it's not
2: a a legitimate cruiserweight match. I mean, I wouldn't. I don't know if I would even say it's cruiserweight to Jason. I mean, just because Eddie Guerrero's in it, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't say it's cruiserweight to Jason. I just think it's a regular, I mean it's a mid-card match. Booker T is far from a cruiserweight. No, no, no. I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm saying this is still a very good match to start the pay-per-view off with. Right. I'm not saying it was bad. I was just saying this is you they strayed away from their formula. WCW had a very Specific formula for their pay-per-views I've, I felt like after the ones we Watched is you always start with Either it's either a cruiser weight Match or it's like an international Match like it's always the First match is always either Because today has got to come out and explain what a Hurricane Rana is and why they wear Masks and well this is what <laughs> they do In Mexico City it's either that Or <laughs> it's like Dean Blanco versus you know Somebody in a mask and then like that's What the first match is yeah, or Eddie Guerrero versus someone in a mask. Usually, there's someone in a mask opening this match, opening any pay per view for WCW, and this is the first or, time they ever
0: done. It. Or the Legion of Doom takes an insane person from the psych ward. And- True, yeah, but that was that <laughs> was like
2: seventies wrestling. That was eighties. <laughs> it was eighties. so oh, close enough. Goddamn, Capital Combat. Anything happens in the Capitol, um, so yeah. I mean, this match was—I uh, liked it. I like Eddie Guerrero. I thought was—I will say this—I thought it was very funny. You know, Eddie and Chavo are having a little—you know, just. Dis- I guess Eddie's trying to put Chavo in his place or something or other. I don't know. Um, but on the you know on the way out to the ring, Eddie's like giving Chavo a lip, like you know you you're here for me, like you're here to. You help me win, and blah, 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 and, like, know your place, all that kind of stuff, and Chavo looks real reluctant to be out there with Uncle Eddie, and uh, they get to the ring, and Eddie yells at Chavo, he says, you go up there, and you hold those ropes open for me, and, you know, Chavo's like, do I have, like, I don't come on, I was like, you get up there and hold those ropes open for me, I'm your uncle, you treat me with respect, you go up, you hold those ropes, so Chavo goes up the stairs, <laughs> gets on the apron, and he holds the ropes up. He sits down on the middle rope and props the top one out on his shoulder, and Eddie goes up those stairs, looks at Chavo, and then just jumps over the ropes. And I thought that was really funny. <laughs> I just thought, like, oh, man, Eddie could tell a story, man. He is so good. Like, that, no wrestling has happened. Just his entrance to the ring just told a whole story between him and Chavo, and like, just how much of a dick he is, and like, I just, I, I want to know how this, I know they end up wrestling each other at some point. I just want to I wish I want to go and watch that between him and Chavo now. Yeah. Um. But let's get and a, let's, let's start with, I don't know. I'm curious to hear Pilch's side of this. Pilch, what do you got for the first match? Booker T versus Eddie Guerrero.
0: Who, who is
2: Chavo, Chavo, Chavo Guerrero.
0: I have no idea who you're talking about. What are you, t- are, you, are you talking about? The guy that accompanied Eddie Guerrero to the ring?
2: Yeah, it's Chavo.
0: No, no, no. no. That's that's Kerwin White.
2: Who? No, that was Kerwin
3: he what? did look very he did look very Kerwin White there. Who? Yeah, Who is Kerwin White? So so Kerwin White is, uh, is the gimmick that Chavo had in WWE when he was trying to get away from his Mexican heritage. Oh, when he wore the sweater vest. Yes. And he had the caddy. Do you know who the caddy was? It was Dolph. It was Dolph Ziggler.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that.
3: That was in the that was in the dark times of, of, uh, of wrestling. Yeah. Um, Didn't he like, dye his hair blonde? Mid-2000s uh, SmackDown.
2: I feel like he dyed his hair, too. He yeah, like, did have hair. hair. You're yeah, absolutely
0: right. Chavo. Mr. Chavo. Mr. Kennedy look. <laughs> oh, yeah, Chavo. So, Eddie Guerrero and Curran White. <laughs> um, my first note was, what's Curran White doing there? <laughs> uh eddie the eddie sucks chance started real early like oh, yeah. before he even made it halfway to the ring which i thought was fantastic that's how you know like he, he's over um chris you touched on this already but i i want to re-emphasize that eddie tells a great story oh, and yeah. He, he played possum for, like, about three to four minutes at the beginning of this match. Like, wanted nothing to do with Booker T. Like, he tried to leave a couple times, came back. I thought it was great. And then he finally got the upper hand where he hit Booker T in the knee and then worked the knee relentlessly over and over and over again. Um, his flying headbutt to the knee I thought was a little weird. Um, I understand what they were trying to go for. It, it just... Hmm. It missed the mark a little bit. I do want to point out that Nick Patrick was the referee here and uh, he was wearing some sweet feelers. Like they, they did a really good close up shot. It was, it was feelers there su- and they were
1: sweet feelers.
0: Yeah. Those, those are the Grant Hill twos in the all black colorway. Fantastic. Um, I, I have Nick to point
2: Patrick, out, I have to point out, Pilch worked in a shoe store for a, a very long time, so he's very aware of, like, the shoes on people's feet.
3: Yeah. No, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm fully aware of that. Um, I was just questioning if there was ever such a thing as sweet feelers. And I might,
2: truth I, be told, yeah. I might have had a pair of feelers back in the day. I had a pair of feelers. They were dad's feelers, but I, I took them. I wore them. <laughs>
0: I I think we can all agree that Nick Patrick was uh, dripping swaggoo in this match. That's, you know,
2: not up for debate. I'm going to look up these feelers right now. They were like Uh, the spaceman ones.
0: For me, I liked the match. I thought it was good. I thought Eddie told a great story in the ring. Um, My only issue was the finish. I'm, I'm... I don't like the missile drop kick for the win and you know, both, both competitors have a bevy of finishing moves and for there to be a Booker T drop kick off top rope to win the match. I just anticlimactic. Um, This is kind of a running theme with a lot of the matches we've watched recently for some reason is we have two wrestlers that are awesome and (laughs) They tell a good story, and for some reason, within the last like minute and a half, I don't want to say it falls apart, but it just doesn't give you the ending that I think a match like this deserves. So, um, you know, and then Booker T retains. He leaves the ring, and then you know Eddie and Mister White get into a fight. He beats up beats him up, and then he flips off the crowd and he goes home. You know, classic Eddie Guerrero, really. But, uh, you know, all in all, decent match. I just I, – I, the ending really got me. I just don't – for these two guys, for there to be like a missile dropkick finish, just mm, not my favorite.
3: I think that's going to be a running theme throughout this whole pay-per-view where the match is good or bad – are going to be one thing, and then just the finish of it is just going to take you completely out of it. Um, and that's what I got in this match, too. Um, now, I do know, at least at this time in Booker T's career, um, I don't think, even though he claims to that it was different, I, he wasn't doing the bookend as a finisher here. He also wasn't doing the uh, Harlem sidekick as a uh, as a finisher here, like he or um not that sidekick, the axe kick as a finisher here, like he would in WWE. Um his finishers that I remember at this time, one was that missile drop kick, and the other one was the Harlem hangover, which is the somersault leg drop that he would do off the top rope. Um but I agree with you. It's just not my favorite finisher that he could have done uh, here. We're um, actually period. I I I was a fan of the Harlem Hangover, that flipping leg drop, a um, little more impactful. Um, and then even once he started doing the bookend and the, the the axe kick, I mean that that solidified it once, especially once he got to WWE. Um, But my notes on the match outside of the finish, um, no dreads Booker T looks like my one of my good friends Kent. So shout out to Kent once again. He gets a shout out (laughs) in each in each podcast this week. No dreads Booker T looks like Kent. Looked exactly like Kent. Um, Booker T almost forgot. (laughs) Booker T almost forgot to taunt for his pyro as well at the uh, as he was making his way to the ring. Did Um, miss his mark for that a little bit. Uh, Pilch mentioned it already. Eddie was playing the cowardly heel uh to a T for the first uh you know three to five minutes of this match. Um and Booker T was just firmly in control. Every time Eddie got into the ring, tried to mount some offense, Booker T would shut him down with some with some power moves. Um outside of the finish, this was a great way, I think, to start the pay-per-view. Um with two uh the Better guys in the ring and this was for the, I don't know if we mentioned, this this was for the television title, um, which Booker T, uh, won or retained, or did he win or did he retain it? I think Eddie had the title and he He won it. He
2: had it. He retained it.
3: Booker retained it. Okay. Booker had it and he retained it. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so no, this was a, this was a, a good start to the pay per view. Outside of how the finish goes, but maybe that's part of the the uncensored moniker is that we're going to have really good matches and just we're just not going to care about how the finish happens.
2: Maybe I don't know. It's WCW. Anything could happen. That's true. They could put a sock of quarters full uh, on a pole and and call that a match. But you know, yeah, That's true. All right. Well, let's uh. I think that's of all of this. Let's ring a bell on this. All right. Next match on the card. Here's our cruiserweight. Well, again, kind of a cruiserweight. to is definitely a cruiserweight, but he's going up against Conan. Conan is like 300 pounds. He's this, not a cruiserweight.
3: This version of Conan is not a cruiserweight.
2: There's no way you can call Conan a cruiserweight. But I don't know. So let's let's jump into this one, uh, Warren. Did we lose you? Are you there? Can you hear? No, nope. still here. Still here. All right. Uh, let's let's. What do you got for this match? So off the rip, uh, Mike
3: Tanay Tine- who's supposedly the expert on international wrestling here
2: no, It's not supposedly he is the expert on no, I, I'd wrestling. have
3: to I'd have to uh to say supposedly because as uh he's talking about Hooventude making his way out here, it sounded like him and Tony Schiavone both said that Hoventu was 21 years old here. And I was okay with it until they mentioned that he had been wrestling for however many years, five or something like that. And I'm like, there's no way that five years ago he would, be, would have been wrestling in WCW or wrestling period.
2: Well, sure I mean, they, don't, they don't got laws down there in, in Mexico City. Okay. maybe Maybe he was. Maybe he was. So I went to
3: the most reliable source that I had, and that's the Google. And according to the Google, with however old how Chavo, not Chavo, uh, who it is now, at that time, he actually would have been 23 years old.
0: It's still, I mean, close enough, right? Oh, wow. <laughs> you really unearthed a uh, giant conspiracy there, Warren.
2: Unearthed. <laughs> I mean, you're like, <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah,
0: those are hours of your life you're never going to get back. Hopefully. I
2: thought you were doing all this jibber jabber, and I'm like, oh, he's really like 35, like something yeah. crazy.
0: Well, no, he's actually not, no, 15 like, months like, older I'm, than I thought he was.
3: <laughs> like I'm listening to it, and I'm like, it just, it just. It just didn't make sense. And my yeah. Metal Gear alert
2: popped up. Yeah. How dare they really? be off by two years? I had to dig dig deep to go find the information. Yeah, real deep or This is, and ladies and gentlemen, this is the kind of investigative journalism you're gonna find on the triple R podcast every week. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as the um the rest of the pay-per-view, we get
3: into the match, Conan's out here, uh, NWO Conan, full-on Cholo gimmick, uh, and just not, he's not wrestling like the Conan that we have seen in previous pay-per-views that we've watched, whether it was before this one or after this one, after he had left the NWO. Um, this one was a very lazy version of Conan, not doing all the usual movements and tumbles that he, we were so used to seeing Conan do. Uventud um, had a, a fake-out dive that looked like he kind of messed up. Uh, I don't know. He kind of dove into the ropes where uh, he didn't land on his feet, I don't think. Uh, just looked weird. It wasn't a great looking thing wasn't like uh like a mysterio fake out or a ricochet fake out it just looked looked awful um coming in through through into a very interesting submission where he had a deathlock uh, Indian deathlock on his legs and butterfly his arms um you know I'm all about tying somebody up like a pretzel so that was uh that was music to my ears um but then he also had a uh, fireman's carry, had Hooven to it in a fireman's carry, and was supposedly a sub a submission where he was telling the ref to ask him, but he wasn't really like tugging on him or anything like that. So whatever, maybe it was a new move that I didn't uh, didn't know of. Uh, Conan goes for a spider German suplex where he German suplex him off the top rope, and Conan hooks his feet and holds on. Um, but Hoovy backflips out of it and gets the one up on Conan out of the Tree of Woe. Uh, then Conan goes to Hawson, he around all over the ring as uh, as Conan would here early days in the NWO. Um, Conan had a spot uh, almost ended Hoovy's life after the match, uh, where he threw him out of the ring and there was a, a set of stairs set up, but it was in the set up in the middle of the uh, the outside. Not right where the uh, where you'd walk up in the corner post. So he throws him out. He almost hit his head on uh, on the stairs. That would have not that would not have been uh, been pretty. Um, very uh, interesting match. Like I said, this hasn't wasn't Conan's best uh, best showing, at least in the matches that we've seen here on the Triple R podcast. Um, but Hoovy gets the win, a little sneaky win with a with a roll up.
2: Yeah, there you go. Um, Pilch, anything to add?
0: Yeah, I mean, I was super excited that we got more unmasked Hoovy juice. You know, that's always great. Um, I, my question is: is this is this is a pay per view, right? Like a big, big. Deal, you know there's millions of people watching at home there's thousands in attendance and conan doesn't even iron his pants like, they're so <laughs> i told
1: you a
3: lazy version of conan when he first joined the nwo
0: yeah i mean i go to work and i sit with five people and i iron my pants every day like conan get get it together um this is the first time I noticed that the, the flock was sitting in the front row. Yes. But w- there was a member of the flock, and I don't know who it was, and I'm sure you do, Warren, that just like decided, nah, I don't need a tuxedo. No, I also don't need a tuxedo t-shirt. I'm just going to paint a tuxedo onto my body, and it'll <laughs> make me look real fancy.
3: Yeah, that would be Lodi. Lodi's a little different.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate the ingenuity. That's, you know, top notch. <laughs> um, my issue with this match was there, and you, you touched on it a little bit, Warren, there's, there was a couple scary spots, and then and there was also a couple, like, spots that were just dumb. There, yeah. You know, there was a part where Conan gave hooven to the German suplex which looked very scary it looks like he dropped him right on his head and then that rocking horse dropped to neck breaker spot yeah that was just weird um you touched on this before too that fireman's carry submission was just stupid like they, he asked yes the ref to check on him and who looked at him like i sh- am i supposed to be in pain like i'm not really yeah oh 100 percent here yeah 100%. Um you know, I it pains me to say this cuz I like Conan and I, you know, I'm a big Juventud career fan. Um you, you know, you, you take a match that had a bunch of weird spots and then you end it with, you know, the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, quote Simon Miller from All Culture, the surprise roll up. And to me it just yeah, you know, like, I don't know. I just, I expected a lot more and it just didn't really pan out.
1: Yeah. It,
2: uh, I feel like a lot of these matches end in the same way. It's like you have such high hopes and then the end of the match happens and it's like, oh, that's what we're doing. And that's just like the theme here <laughs> I don't know yeah. Ring the bell Ringing the bell So This match I wish that they did A video package For this match Because the lead up to this match Is hilarious So it's Chris Jericho Versus Dean Milenko For the WCW Cruiserweight Championship this feud, I mean, this is classic Jericho. He, uh, Dean Malenko, as some people may know, uh, he's known as the man of a thousand holds. When, him and Dean, when Dean and Chris were having their feud, Chris Jericho decided he was going to be the man of a thousand and four holds, being that much better than Dean Malenko. And there's a, was it a thunder. He did it, or was it on Nitro? I believe it was a Thunder. It was a Thunder. Thunder. So on Thursday Night Thunder, Thursday Night Thunder? Tuesday Night Thunder. Thursday. Thursday, Thursday Night Thunder. Jericho comes out to the ring cut a promo on Dean Malenko. I almost said Dean Ambrose there. Dean Malenko. He cuts his promo, and he says, I'm going to go through. He's like, you're the man of 1,000 holds. I'm a man of 1,004 holds. I'm gonna tell you every single hold <laughs> that I know how to do, and I think he's. I think he started off with the lion tamer, and then he goes, he goes like lion tamer, and then it's like made up word, made up name, made up name, arm bar, made up name, made up name, made up name. Arm bar, and he just keeps like making up these like crazy, like the you know, the Kansas City crippler and blow like dumb stuff, and then he'll just throw in an arm bar. <laughs> and then he keeps going, and then they go to commercial and then they come back, and he's on like no, you know, uh, number you know, <laughs> sat like number 98 arm bar, <laughs> number 99. <laughs> Arm bar and just. Came. I managed to pull up the list.
3: Oh, <sighs> oh! You found the list. I found the list. Oh, uh, so number one, arm drag. Number two, arm bar. Number three, the Ross covered three handled family credunzel. <laughs> Number four, arm bar. Number five, the Saskatchewan spinning nerve hold, and so on and so forth. Ah, oh, it's so good. It's so. No, good. <laughs> there's an, so. There's number fifteen is a Jericho arm bar. <laughs> Sixteen, a Canadian arm drag. Uh, and it goes on and on. Number fifty-five is just a pin. That's it. It's a, a pin. pin.
2: Yeah, it's a pin.
3: It's a pin. Um, and it's yes. If you uh, if have the time or the effort, or maybe you're just bored, go to Google or go to the YouTube's. M- m- type this in Jericho one thousand and four holds and uh laugh hysterically as he gets to go through a majority
2: of them. I don't remember if he made it through all one no. thousand and four. No, I think he so here's the so here's some inside baseball for you. I think he talked he talked about this on his podcast. He says that so he only gets up to like live into the camera he gets up to like 10 or so, I think. And then they cut the commercial. So while they're on the commercial break, he stops naming stuff and just, like, you know, is doing stuff with the crowd. Like, you know, trash talking the crowd to get them riled up. Then when they come back from the commercial, he jumps up the list. So, like, when the commercial break end, or starts, he's on, like, 10 or 11. And then they cut. And then they come back. And then he just, like, picks up at, like, in the 80s or 90s or something like that. Yeah. To make it just to make it look like he's just this whole time, you of know, course. he's gotten to, he's just been going. Oh, uh, but it's just a good it, Jericho is so good at his um, build up for his matches. He just he's he's so good at it. He's so good at it.
3: Can either, either of you guys tell me what a overhead faced first power bomb turnbuckle smash is?
0: I think it's pretty self explanatory.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it is what it is. Yeah. Like it, it, it is what is. it sounds like. Because that's yeah. move eight hundred or it's a move nine hundred and eighty-one. There you go. See?
0: Yeah. he got
2: it. Uh Pilch, anything to throw in on this match? What were your thoughts on the match?
0: Um yeah, I mean, I think if you're a wrestling fan, you've probably seen the promo once or twice. Uh it's great. You know, he, he has the he starts it. They go to commercial break. They come back. He's still going. Then they go to the commercial break. They come back in. And they're saying, and here starts the second hour of Nitro. And they have all the pyro and stuff. And they're talking about what's going to happen in the main event. And then they cut back to Jericho. He's on like number 744. <laughs> and he, he's in there for forever. It, I, I think it's like a 15 minute long like promo. Like he just never stops. Um, so I, I didn't look at the. This is the new thing I've been doing when we watch pay-per-views. I don't really look at the card. I just kind of watch it and just get surprised. And for this one, I I remember them saying before D Malenko came out, they're like, oh, it's here comes the Iceman. And in my head, I don't know why I thought this, but I was like, oh, shoot, we're finally going to see Glacier. Like, I've been waiting for a <laughs> Glacier match. And then De Malenko came out, and I was so sad. I was like, oh, no, it's D Malenko.
2: Forgetting I don't know how to break this to you, Bill. But I don't think Glacier has any, like, pay-per-view match. I think he's strictly Nitro guy. I can't remember him wrestling on a pay-per-view, yeah. honestly. I think he was strictly Nitro and Thunder, man.
0: Yeah, that, that's too bad. I'm, I'm a big Glacier fan. Well, you know that um, Glacier is Anna Jay's uh, trainer, right?
2: Oh, nice. So Anna J is not good, is what you're saying. When was Glacier bad? Huh? When was Glacier bad? He was always bad. Glacier. (laughs)
0: He's He's not a bad wrestler. He just has a weird gimmick.
2: Questionable gimmick, sure, but not a bad wrestler by any means. I don't know. If I went to a wrestling school and it's like, all right, I was Glacier, I'll walk out. I would just walk out.
1: (laughs) Would not.
0: You'd be starstruck just like I would be. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Apparently, Glacier. I mean,
2: we'll never know until I'm in that position, I guess.
3: You would sit there and want to ask him, was that snow real? Yeah.
2: (laughs) It obviously was not real. No. (laughs) You don't know that. His name's Glacier. Okay. Uh,
0: You were sub zero because I'm. so uh,
3: that's a huge, that's a huge question right there. Sub Zero
2: definitely oh, okay. came first.
0: Uh, somebody in the
3: writers' point.
2: room just got their kid Mortal Kombat, and they're like, "Oh, this would be a sick gimmick." That's exactly uh, what I.
0: So there's a point in this match, Chris, where mm-hmm. um, Chris Jericho puts D Malenko in the armbar and he yells to the crowd, this is number 643. <laughs> and they all look at him, and he, he yells, it's the arm bar, stupid.
1: <sighs>
0: <sighs> Which, That's funny. You know, is one of my favorite spots the entire pay-per-view. Oh, uh, you know, my. there's two near falls by Dean. There's that big top rope spot that should have been bigger, but it just eh.
3: You talking about the, gut the They
1: like missed one.
0: it. Yeah that that one was terrible. Um, and then it was a two count, and I was like, two count from what? They just both. I don't know. Um, I thought the end was pretty good. I like that Malenko went for that flying knee, and then Jericho countered it in the Lion Tamer. Yeah, you know, that was the end of the match. I actually thought the end of the match was great when Jericho was all excited. He's got the title. He's walking back to the locker room, and Mean Gene just blows by him. <laughs> like, just, like, doesn't even see him as peripheral. Like, no, I'm going to talk to Malenko. And then he, like, I've always been a Mean Gene fan, but he was just a jerk.
2: He was, right?
0: He was, right? He was, <laughs> like, like
2: one really doing to Dean Malenko for no reason.
0: He pretty much told him he was like a piece of shit.
2: Yeah. And he's like
0: This is like, very shit.
2: uncharacteristic of, like, of me and Gene.
0: Yeah, just, um, just quit. Like, I don't know why you're still here. Get get out of w, WCW. And I was just like, whoa, whoa, mean Jean. Like you're supposed to be on you're supposed to be on a the good guy's side.
2: You're supposed to be a yeah, journalist. You're yeah. supposed to just be asking questions, not like ripping into him. It's like, Dean, you just yeah. lost this match in front of all these people. You, you, I know you you must feel like a piece of shit because I think you're a piece of shit. Like, what are you going to do right. now? It's just like, I'm going to go home.
0: Are you yeah, ever going to win home. a pay-per-view? Uh, probably not because uh, if it hasn't happened yet, I mean, yeah. So then, uh, you know, in the words of Chris Jericho, Dean Malenko then took his ball and went home. So, yeah, you know, that, that was pretty much it. this match falls into the same category as the first two where there were spots that were great. And as you said, the the lead up to the match was great, but it just all in all, it's meh.
2: Yeah. Loses something in the finish. Uh, Warren.
3: So I, my first question when I saw this match was, uh, will we see all 1,004 moves from Jericho here? Um, obviously the answer was no. We did not see all 1,004 moves. Um, Jericho does this walkout thing uh, because he's walking in here. He's the champ, right? Mm -hmm. So what would be the motivation for him to go back and not walk out if he's done with the match? Because if, if he gets counted out, then he won't lose the title, unless there's some strange WCW rule where that's not the
2: case. Well, you know how they like to just make stipulations in the middle of the match, or like take stipulations out, put them in, whatever they want to do. So
3: I don't, I don't know why he would. I, I would have preferred to see Malenko go out and get him, or them announce, "Hey, if you get counted out, we're going to take the title off of you." Right. Um, but him to go back on his own, I just didn't think excuse me, I just didn't think that made sense. Um I liked the gut buster from the second rope. Um it was very uh Roderick Strong like with his uh you know Messiah of the backbreaker. Uh maybe the execution was kind of questionable, but it just it just looked really impactful. Um I did like how Jericho slapped on the line, tamer, and yanked Dean uh, Dean away from the ropes to for get him to tap and retain the title, and um, and you guys couldn't understand what what was wrong with me and Gene. I knew exactly what was wrong with me and Gene when uh he berated Dean Malenko. He went to Vegas and bet a stack on Dean Malenko to win the match and. He went out there and lost. So he came down to the ring like he just lost stack in betting and had to give Dean the business because you just, you know, he's lost money on him. Um, I don't remember what happened with Dean uh, after this whole go home thing. Um, I wasn't sure. And I didn't look it up of what the timeline was between when Dean uh, and them left. I mean, it's ninety eight, so it's probably still early. I don't think they came until about two thousand. So we still had time to, for them to to hang out here in WCW. Um, but I don't remember what the 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 end result was for him to quote unquote go home at this time. And if he did end up coming back and getting his uh comeuppance on on Jericho, um. But as, as far as this pay-per-view is going, it's the same thing. Decent match, two good competitors. Um, the finish was okay, but it was just that, that promo at the end just didn't I, – I just didn't know what the end result was uh, after that. WCW, uncensored,
1: 98.
2: It's not looking good for you. It's Not looking good for you.
3: There was also one. Uh, there was also a small promo that happened just before this match started with JJ uh, Dillon representing the board of directors, yeah. uh, where he reinstated the power bomb for a match later on in the evening with Kevin Nash and yeah. the
2: Giant. Can we talk about this for a second? When? When? Why would they uh, outlaw the power bomb?
3: Okay, so this goes back to when Nash tried to power bomb the giant and dropped them on his neck, right? So they banned the power bomb because it was too dangerous.
2: But it didn't. It, okay, whatever.
3: Ha, have you seen when Kevin Nash tried to power bomb and he literally dropped him right on his dumb head? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I that's why. That's that's one hundred percent why.
2: Okay, all right, okay. I just think it's weird. Like, how many? Well, I know it's Kevin Nash's, but like, how many other people have a power? Like, technically, the Razor's Edge or the Outsider's Edge—that's a power bomb. Like, he can't do his finisher now. But no, but yeah. Scott, but Scott Hall never
3: dumped anybody on their neck doing the Razor's Edge. I mean, I'm sure Scott Hall. Stuck he also, up. I don't think he, was, he, uh, he also didn't try to give the Razor's Edge to the Giant either.
2: That's true. Oh, <laughs> it was oh, one not, of the oh, Nash. He tried to lift him up there, and
1: <laughs> it was a,
2: a quote unquote. I don't want to say happy
3: accident, but they turned the accident, the botch, into the storyline with this. Right. That's all it was.
2: Okay. All right. Well, I guess it's fine. I hate, like, in all the, he comes out every pay per view, J.J. Dillon. Here comes J.J. Dillon. He's got something to say, J.J. Dillon with some nonsense. Here's J.J. Dillon. Gene's talking to J.J. Dillon again at the top of the pay per view. Like, I don't give a shit about J.J. Dillon.
3: Well he's he represents
2: the the WCW Board of Directors. Nobody gives a shit about the board of directors. You have to. They're the one, they're the matchmakers. Oh yeah, yeah. This is just like when uh who's the WWF equivalent? Jack Tunney? Tunney, yeah, that guy. The WWE president? Yeah. Fucking Jack Tunney.
0: <laughs> but there's also my my problem with that is there's zero payoff.
2: Right. They don't even he doesn't even attempt to do it.
0: No. And he
2: and the and the giant doesn't you know, Big Show doesn't even try and do it. It's just, oh, you guys can do the power bomb. All right, we're not going to. Yeah.
0: We're well that's until just, we could, we're not doing it. So
2: Yeah. That's that's because he probably shouldn't have tried to do it in the first place. But not him. I'm think Big Show should have power Nash. That's what I thought this whole thing. You know, talking about, oh, they outlawed the powerbomb. They, they can't do the powerbomb. And then he's like, you know what? We're going to reinstate it just for this match. Like, that all should have just been so because the big show was going to powerbomb Nash. That's yeah. what the lead up should have been or what it was, um, you know, foreshadowing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Nash tries to do it. Big show reverses. He powerbombs Nash, gets the win, and then gets jumped, I guess, or whatever. It could have been like it, that's. Maybe it's too obvious. I don't know, but it's better than what actually happened.
0: <laughs> or at least have him like attempt it. Right. Like, you know. It was just never referenced again. It's, it's uh, mm-hmm. you
3: know you know what was referenced? WCW. Hmm. That's the only exclamation that I can come up with.
2: Ring the bell. All right, this next match. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Here we go. We got Lex Luger <laughs> versus Scott Steiner, and uh, here's okay. So this is going to be. Oh no, it's not yet. So, but so, so just throwing this out here. So far, we've had one person from NWO Conan come out. So we've already heard the NWO music once. And then we have, you know, Jericho and Dean. And now we're hearing NWO music again. And I am a little confused cuz I thought wasn't Luger in the NWO as well?
3: He got in the NWO Wolfpack and it is not Wolfpack time
2: just yet. Okay. All right. Okay
0: yeah it wasn't too sweet yet
2: okay and then the other thing is is I think these guys traded boots
3: they, they traded boots
2: yeah Luger has on Luger has on black trunks with white boots and Scott Steiner has on the white leather singlet with black boots I don't ever remember Luger wearing black boots yeah he probably maybe he didn't but I just thought that was funny. Like, they were just like, you know, flippy, flippy floppy of each other. Yeah. I just thought it was funny. I guess it didn't land. That's fine. That's cool. We're <laughs> um, This match, you know, Lex is just screaming at the top of his lungs every little hit he gets. <laughs> I hate it. I, hate it, and I can't. I don't. <laughs> it's just like, here we fucking go. Ah!
1: Ah! <laughs>
2: Uh, all the time, just every single move, he's just screaming, 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 screaming. It's not even like hitting a mark; just screaming, 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 screaming. Oh, you think he's ripping his arm off? Fucking oh, Lex Luger, God. There's dude. no
3: variation either. No, it's not yeah. even like a. It's oh, the oh, same kind of. It's always a oh
2: yeah oh. It's an acid acid in the eyes. Like oh, somebody just cut off my index finger. Like he's Spark to the head, kick to the stomach, the stop stomach on pain. toes. It's always, Oh, <laughs> I can't deal with it. I can't deal with it. Oh, goodness. So let's, I mean, what else, Warren, what else you got for the match? That's so cool. outside of, uh,
3: my excitement for more Luger selling shouts, um, uh, this is very early on. Uh Scott Steiner in the NWO. He doesn't have uh there's nothing on his clean white singlet. He probably just bleached blonde his blonded. Well, bleached blonded. Just bleached his hair blonde uh recently. And um and he's out here. Um Nick Patrick just I hope it's a gimmick for him to just be the worst official of all time. I hope it's a gimmick. Um there was a pin I th- I want to say it was Scott Steiner was pinning or maybe Luger was pinning some No, I think it was Scott Steiner was pinning and Luger's feet were all underneath the ropes and just didn't stop the count.
2: Oh, just, no, he had him in the Steiner recliner. And oh, no, yes. He yep. He had him in the Stein recliner, and his entire lower body was hanging off the apron. Like, the small of his back out
3: was right. underneath the ropes. Oh,
2: yeah. And, and he's just standing there asking him, like, what do you say? What do you say? It's like, what do you say? Break the, fuck break the hold is what you're supposed to say. Break the hold. And <laughs> uh Brian, and... and uh uh, Mr. Luchador himself, Mike Taney, they were all saying them, like, "Why isn't he breaking this? Like, he's out of the ring. What is he doing? Yep. Maybe he doesn't see it. How? How can he not see it? his whole
3: body Because Patrick ring. is legitimately the worst, and I, I really hope it's a gimmick because I, I always liked him as an official, but he's he just misses everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. So then we get Rick Steiner out here to distract Scott Steiner." And uh, Luger hits a forearm shot to Scott Steiner, and the match is over. Then we get Scott Norton out here. He's going to get after Rick on the outside.
2: He doesn't, though.
3: He he did a little bit. Not a lot. Not a lot.
2: He did a little
3: bit. him. Barely, but he did a little bit. And then there's some strange camera work that goes on because Norton's getting after Rick. Okay. Big Papa pumps in the ring about to get Luger with a chair. But Luger slides out and Rick slides in. We don't see how Rick overcame Scott Norton on the outside. Right. The last we saw uh, Rick Steiner, Scott Norton was given the business outside. But then all of a sudden, he's miraculously in the ring and staring at his brother and his brother's got a skedaddle. Um, just not a great match here. Um, I would have expected better, even though how much I can't stand Lex Luger, uh, I would have expected better from the two of these guys. Um, but between the selling shouts, Nick Patrick struggling to be an official, the finish with all the moving pieces and parts. I, I just could have done without this match. Uh, completely off of this pay per view,
0: Pilch. Um, this match was terrible. And <laughs> we had a before the match even started. We had an awful. Well, maybe was it before this match? Maybe before the next match. There was a terrible Raven promo somewhere around here. That was my first It was just
3: before this match.
0: No, it was awful either way. Um, I'm going to go through my notes that I have on this match. It's uh, Steiner dropped to the floor, spills beer. You know, that was a highlight. Uh, We did a top rope double axe handle in 1998. We're still doing that. Can can we stop?
1: I, can't, I don't know if
3: I can let you continue to be smirched the double axe handle. <laughs> uh,
0: we got a uh, Scott Steiner in the torture rack, which is broken up by a low blow. Um, ooh, Scott Steiner screamed at the cameraman. He was real mad at him. And then uh, Luger one question mark. And then Rick versus Scott question mark, and then winner, Lex Luger, question mark, I guess, question mark. So, apparently, I didn't really understand what was going on here, and uh, now that I think back on it, I don't really remember anything, so I stand by all the question marks, you know. Yeah, no, this, the
3: The entire ending of this match was just marred with uh, struggle, we'll say. There was just yeah. no logical ending, a lot of moving pieces. You don't really know what's going on, just too, too much. And it wasn't even—it wasn't even like it was a smosh finish. It was supposed to be a legitimate finish, and then stuff after. But it just—it kind of all blended together into one, where it, you know, it leaves some wrestling fans with as many question marks as you had, uh,
0: which I tallied is seven. Which
3: is a lot for a match that was, <laughs> was a less lot. than five minutes. And it, the match wasn't uh, I, I don't let me look real quick. It wasn't long. We shouldn't have this many questions about a match that was less than four minutes.
2: It was that short, really? Three fifty-three
3: according to the wiki. That's
2: a lot longer. And how do we have
3: how do we have so many questions and you didn't get through all of your stuff in less than four minutes? And some kind of, of finality at the end of it.
0: Yeah, I will say, spoiler alert, before we get to the end of the pay-per-view, there was a match that was decided. And where I usually write winner, I wrote winner equals question mark. So I'm not sure who won. So we'll, we'll get there. But we'll
3: oh, get there. I know exactly which one you're talking about. And yes, we will get there.
2: Uh, ring the bell, please. Ring in the bell. Okay, next match we have the triple threat for the United States Championship. We got DDP, Chris Benoit versus Raven. Um, I would like to point out last episode, I believe I asked the question, uh, isn't there a point when DDP just constantly has his ribs taped? And guess what? His ribs are super taped in the match from like here on out. It's like every time he wrestles, he has his ribs taped and it's just, I don't know if maybe it was, it's gimmick. He just has bad ribs or maybe I think DDP did this on purpose so that he didn't show his stomach because this was like, he usually has those like higher tights that like cover his stomach, his old man gut. And I think at this he started like wrestling in jeans and he didn't have a way to cover his old man gut. So he was just like, I'm just going to take my ribs and say I have like bruised ribs all the time. Hmm. I don't know. That's what I think. That's what I think. I'm going to go with it. Um, I will say I oh, – who – oh, it was – shoot. Oh. Oh, I'll bring it up next match. I'll bring it up next match. Um, but uh, this was this was good. I I like this because it actually fit into the kind of uncensored uh, 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 style of this pay per view. It's a triple threat. It's kind of like no holds barred. You know, no DQ, hardcore type match. Um, they even bring up, you know, DDP was just in the, a similar type match with Macho Man not too long ago, um, which is the pay-per-view we did, the Halloween Havoc we did. Um, so, it, it does get a little crazy. Um, you know, they go up and down the uh, the, the entranceway. A uh, uh, lot of good... I mean, as far as, like... I don't know. They didn't really use a lot of objects. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they do go up the entranceway. There is a trash can sighting. DDP gets thrown through those those light boxes. Um for and he's he's gone for a real long time. Uh and then I think there's a attempt at a table. they are really bad at tables. WCW never figured out how to properly Either they didn't figure out how to gimmick a table, or they just, like, I don't know what they were doing wrong that they couldn't break a table. It's just, like, a common thing. Every time you use a table, it doesn't break all the way. I don't know. But I enjoyed this match a lot. Um, Pilch, let's start with you for the uh, triple threat. What do you got?
0: I thought it was interesting that they titled it a triple Jeopardy match. Um, Watched a lot of Jeopardy. I know of single Jeopardy. I know of double Jeopardy. I've I've never seen Alex Trebek talk about triple Jeopardy. So I thought,
2: isn't that just Jeopardy? Isn't that just like
0: Jeopardy? Times three, yes. Hmm. It's, it, it's triple.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh,
0: I'm. You know, I don't really remember a lot of this match. so I'm just gonna read through my notes here. Um, first note I wrote was. Chris Benoit's dead
1: eyes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: Wait
3: a second. Wait a second. That's a bit of a That's a bit of a hot take.
0: And I remember writing that because like there's a point where he walks down the ring and he looks straight in the camera and I looked into Chris Benoit's eyes and I think he saw my eyes. And um <laughs> I was like, This this man is he's gone. He's he's not here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, if only
2: you would have mentioned it sooner Oh gosh if only you would have mentioned it sooner
0: You know 10 year old me didn't have the Wherewithal to understand what was going on <laughs> um, My second note was that DDP Has been old for forever Like he looked yes. old here. Yeah. He's, he's still old you know, but he's he's pulling off the old, right? The uh, the the triple like I call it the hookup spot, but the triple like tie-in lock. You know where they lock up, lock up. so stupid. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you didn't like and, the triple lockup?
0: No, and they did it like did. four times. They yeah, it's yeah, like we are
3: all we are all wrestling fans. We have seen a myriad of triple threat matches. You know. Never has there ever been a triple lockup in a wrestling match
0: right. up until this match. It's almost like they did it the first time and the crowd didn't really respond. They're like, okay, they must not have seen what, what we did. Really good. So we're going to do it again. And they did it again. We're, we're hammering the point home, brother. Right, and they're like, "Okay, well, let's do it a third time." And if they don't get it this time, we'll do it one more time after that. And, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you didn't like sorry. the
2: triple lockup, but did you like the, the the triple German?
0: No, I also that's my next note is the triple German was also stupid.
2: You didn't like the triple German? Wow,
0: I, I didn't. Um. I'm trying to remember. I don't remember a lot of this match. Uh, my next note was DDP had the slowest slingshot ever. Um, ooh, the the double uh, crutch shot with the can of Raven's head was great. I love that.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, you guys know that I love a, a good trash can spot. That's one of my favorites. But what the Annie for me is when there's actual trash in the trash can and they (laughs) have that here and i I love when they 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 take a trash can out of the wild you know it's it's still got the trash in it It's fantastic you know give me give me the the trash filled trash can every time um i don't I understand why they did it, but I don't like the fact that Chris Benoit used the kitchen sink. I get it; it's a joke. They, you know, they have every weapon but the kitchen sink. But like, did you really have to go to the kitchen sink? Well, here, like, that's.
3: uh... I think once they went to the triple lockup, uh, I think anything was on the table.
0: (laughs) Sure. Um. They also did a triple lockup. They did a triple sleeper, which I also thought was dumb. Like, someone <clears throat> should just let go. There's no point. Yeah, I, I don't know. This don't had know. to have been
3: the first triple threat match because they're oh, pulling yeah. out all this stuff like they've never done it before.
0: I, I did love the end, though, where the, the flock had to use my sign and end up being a stop sign. I thought that was great. Um, I think one of the ugliest spots I've ever seen in professional wrestling was that diamond cutter through the table. That looked like it yeah. hurt everyone. It hurt DDP. It hurt Raven. It hurt me watching it. <laughs> <laughs> like, no one was, was safe from the pain there. And, um, yeah, I mean... I guess my problem is I'm just I've never been a big fan of triple threat falls count anywhere matches. I just think you get the same thing every time. You get the three guys start in the ring, they they fight, and then it spills the outside, and they fight some more, and then someone gets like incapacitated, which DDP did. He got thrown through the whatever <laughs> you want to call it, the uncensored sign. Then that person slowly makes his way back. So the other two fight it out. And then there's like a big spectacular finish that always like lets us down. You know, I, I'm a big fan of all three wrestlers in this match. I just don't. I didn't really like the match all that much. So, you know, DDP wins. You know, him and Ben Wash take hands. And, you know, uh, who cares? I don't know.
2: Warren.
3: Yeah, um, we, we kind of discussed already that um, DDP's ribs are always taped. I don't think his ribs got better until he invented DDP yoga. Um, triple lockup was interesting. Um, unnecessary, but interesting. This was the real uncensored, the first real uncensored match of the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Um, to where they they explored the arena. Um, they did go through the sign similar to how Shane and Kurt Angle had their uh, their foray up by the sign in uh, at the King of the Ring. Um, I loved the, the use my sign gag that was always a, uh, a welcome treat. And the uh, this table spot uh, where they go they tried to do the diamond cutter off the second rope through the table. Where it just doesn't break, like you said, um, Chris, WCW just doesn't prepare their tables so they can get the effect that they want. They just hope that the the wrestlers can perform the effect, regardless. Doesn't always work out that way, and then kind of makes the, the the ending look silly, like you know most of the other matches that we watched before this one. Um, but I didn't hate the match. Uh, I like all three performers in the match. Um, I'm glad they did get towards some uncensored things. Um, for a triple threat, no DQ is fine. I don't think you necessarily need to add the false gun any more piece to it. Oh, well, I'd always prefer to have the action end in the ring, um, even if it is uh, a no disqualification. But uh You know, DDP gets his his hands on the U.S.
2: title here. There you go. Well, yeah, that's, uh, I don't know. That's that match. All right, ring a bell. Let's go. (laughs) Next up, we got a, uh, so now from here on out, okay, it's all all NWL. So this is my point. Like, you got Kevin Nash from the NWL. You got Kurt Henning. And Rick Rude, NWL You got Scott Hall, NWL And you got Hogan and Macho Man NWL Like just just Here you go, pipe it Pipe it through the sound system And just continuously play The entire time Because they're coming, they're coming out um, But So we get, we get the Giant, we get Kevin Nash um, So here's the thing that I wanted to bring up. So, The Giant, we all know, is the big show. In Here in WCW, as The Giant, he didn't really have entrance music. He just came out. Why don't they do like they do for Jericho and do pump his music through?
3: Like, why didn't WWE put in his big show theme music?
2: Right. Um that's a good question. Uh I I feel like that for everyone. Like, why don't they pump Eddie Guerrero's like they did
3: it for they did it for Raven. They did it for Jericho. Do they do it for Raven? Uh they may
1: what did, they
3: play. They may not uh, I don't remember if they did it on this pay per view. They did do it on another pay per view where we had Raven come out where they did his WCW theme mean WWE theme on the WCW pay-per-view. I don't remember if they did it on this one. They might not have. They do it for the ECW one? Uh, Was Raven on the ECW show we watched?
2: Mm, he might have been.
3: If he was on the ECW show we watched, they absolutely had to do it for that because his theme music in ECW was... uh come out and play by the offspring
2: mm. they're they're not airing that no um uh so yeah I don't know I just thought that was weird like I just don't like how they do that for Jericho like I don't know what I'm sure he had dumb music in WCW but everybody has dumb music in, in WCW I'm not <laughs> Unless Jer- you're in the NWO, like you, no one had good music.
3: Jericho's music here was probably the knockoff version of Even
2: Flow by Pearl Jam, right? And they play DDP's music, which is the knockoff of Teen Spirit. So yeah, why I don't know. Who knows? You know what the answer is WCW, WCW. Anywho, okay, so let's get into this. Giant versus Kevin Nash. You can now power bomb your opponent. Uh Giant comes out with the neck brace. Nash making fun of the giant and his hurt neck. Classic big sexy. Uh Warren's favorite wrestler. One
1: of <laughs> one of <up. laughs>
2: um. Yeah, I don't know. Get into it. Who who wants to take this one?
3: I'll I'll go first in this one. All right. Um, So the Big Show had the smallest neck brace ever, and that's probably more because of him being massive than the neck brace being small.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: Uh, I was also surprised at how long the neck brace lasted on his neck. Um, Mm -hmm. Nash had to forcibly rip the thing off. Uh, before that thing came off, so that was probably the greatest—not only the smallest neck brace ever, but probably the greatest neck brace ever. The fact that it was able to stay on as long as it did. Um, Tony was claiming the giant weighed in here about four hundred and eighty-seven pounds. Uh, I think that was a working weight. Uh, because it, once he came to the WWE, he looked a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there was any way that he was 400-something pounds at this time. I mean, you don't know. No, you don't know. But this is young, in his 20s, in shape Big Show or Paul White or the Giant or whoever else. There's no way he's 400-something pounds here. I just just won't believe it. Um, It was interesting to see uh, Nash working as the quote-unquote smaller guy in the match. Um it was definitely uncharted territory for them. Uh they finally announced that they threw out the over the top rope rule that they never enforced to begin with. Um I'm never going to forgive WCW for that. I've never you're going to if anybody listening in the the Triple R podcast listening area knows of when uh, there was a time in WCW where they actually enforce this rule, please send us a link so we can see it, because anytime we've seen it, they've uh, not enforced the rule, whether the ref was looking or not. Um, I did have questions, like I said, with how that neck brace was staying on for as long as it did until Nash ripped it off. And then the match ends in a disqualification at an uncensored pay-per-view. The answer is truly WCW.
2: There you go. There
3: you go. Um I am a fan of both of these guys, and I, this is becoming old hat now. Uh, and I didn't expect much from this match to begin with, um, but this just wasn't a great showing, and and it was it's probably ninety nine percent just how it ended. The fact that this whole pay-per-view is supposed to be uncensored. And I know you don't want to beat a particular gimmick in uh, into the ground. But if you're going to say you're uncensored, just make everything no-DQ and, and let it go from there. And then if you want to add other stipulations on top of that, by all means. But make it have some meaning instead of just saying it's uncensored. And then when uncensored things happen, you just, oh, no, we're going to DQ it here. Um, but is this this could have been a lot better, I think, especially at this at this time with how young the giant was, and this was before Nash did not have any quads. So <laughs> I wish could, I wish they would have done better. Uh Pilch. Pass. Pass. <laughs> pilch, That's pass. A great, great answer, honestly. Okay.
2: Um, I will point out so this actually, Warren, this is the match where Scott Norton comes out and he doesn't he doesn't contribute to anything. He's just out there to be out there. Like he never gets in the ring. He never tries to attack the giant. He doesn't do anything. He just he comes out with everyone. It's uh um crush Brian Adams.
3: Yeah, Brian Brian Adams is the one that actually got involved in a match. I think Conan was out here. Conan I think- and Virgil.
2: And Vincent was out here, and Vincent, right? Not Virgil, Vincent. And uh, and Scott Norton came out, and they just—I don't know. Scott Norton never gets in the ring. He never gets involved. He never gets touched. No, he doesn't even like help Nash out of the ring. Like he doesn't do anything. He's just out there. Yep, out there. Yep, get that paycheck. Um, uh, a lot of gimmicked bats in this. (laughs) They use so many gimmick bats. Yes, giant breaks one over his knee, and then uh, Nash breaks one over the back of the giant. But he he pretty much no sells it. Um, and yeah, and then they all run in fear of the giant. Speaking of of no sell, I have a story for you, Pilch. For me, so for you, yeah. I just want to tell you about. There's a. a, a the most notorious no-seller that i have ever known is warren, warren Lee. is me you warren okay. loves no-selling so back in the day we used to wrestle like out in like the backyard or like wherever you know and it was always like warren and his friends versus me and joe usually and um there was this one time we were, like, messing around. I believe we were in the front of the house. And I told Warren, I had been, like, this, this whatever year this was, it was, like, I was, you know, finishing up football. I had ran track that year, been, like, super going to the weight room. Like, I was in the best shape of my life, and my um, vertical was getting higher. So I told Warren, I was, like, Warren, I think I could do – If I got like a little run and start, like if you whip me off the roads, I think I could do a hurricane rana. Oh, I
3: I remember this. Well, you got you can't get up on his shoulder.
2: They're all, you know, Warren and Kent. I think Kent was there. Mike might have been there.
3: Uh, Doc was definitely there because I think he might have been staying with us at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And Kent's grandparents lived around the corner on the lawn.
2: So I know Mike. Mike and Kent were definitely there. Sloan might even, I think it was like everybody was over. And I was like, Warren, I'm telling you, like, I think if I just like get a little hop, like I can get up on your shoulder and do a hurricane. And I asked Warren, I was like, Warren, if I do this, will you like commit? Would you sell it for it? He's Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah no no I,
3: well, no, hang no. on, a second, hang on a second before you go. I think the answer was at least
2: catch you. I don't remember. No. If I, 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 I was under, under the impression I got up if I got if up, up there and I went to do hurricane Rock, You were gonna sell it and take the bump. Okay. okay. That right. was the agreement that I signed up for. Okay.
3: All right. I maybe I understood it differently. But no. go ahead. Yeah. You All just right.
2: you're you're continuing the story. You you're a triple H. You always go over. You go over. No one else gets to go <laughs> over. You go over. <laughs> so I go, I like, you know, we line up. Warren gives me a little whip. I come back. I hop very, like, barely touch, like, get a little, I barely get a boost from his shoulders. Like, I, like, tap his shoulders with my hands, but I'm up there. I get my my legs on his shoulders. Warren catches me. I lock my legs. I go to, you know, flip down, and I just stop. I stop dangling there. Warren's holding me, and then he just hooks my legs, hooks my leg, and gets me in the most painful lion tamer I've ever been in in my life. When I tell you that my feet were touching the back of my head, I, <laughs> my feet were on the back of my head. Warren's knee was in my neck, like I was, and I'm tapping. I'm tapping. I said, "You
1: said you were selling. It. You said you were gonna sell it.
2: <laughs> And Warren's just. In the middle, like, everybody's laughing. <laughs> I think I even heard Ken say, oh, Warren's going over. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Fuck so, never trust Warren if you want to try, try a new move out, because he's not going to let you. He's never going to. Warren loves no selling. Mm.
0: Well, Chris, to piggyback on that, I have... uh only put one person in the Lion Tamer in my life. I still
2: have that picture, by the way. You want me to send it to you?
0: And it's because she crossed me, and she will never cross me again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> who, who was it? He put Kara in the Lion Tamer. <laughs> oh, Jesus! <laughs> I can't. I got, a, I got a picture of it on my
3: phone somewhere. I bet you I can Why find did it. You do that to my, I mean, I'm sure she wasn't my sister
2: in law at the time, but that's something to feel. <laughs> <laughs> After the lion tamer, she's like, God, she's like, honey, help me. I was like, hold on, let me just get this picture real quick. Yeah, I took a picture. Oh, it's you're a terrible, right. if I find it, I'll send it to you. Or <laughs> it's really good. I'll put it in the group chat. Oh gosh, it? no. Uh,
0: picture perfect line tamer if i do say oh, so, it was. so it was really good
3: <laughs> we um the our, our circle my circle of friends Kent, doc rome Sloan, you know when we were in high school our, our the thing was always oh let's go hang out up at the mall go to the arcade walk around uh so the adventure for us was the walk from Doc's house, who lived the closest to the main bus stop, the adventure from us was the walk from the bus from Doc's house to the bus stop, because we would have full-on wrestling matches just on the sidewalk, like we're down near the Times Union Center, underneath that bridge, before you get to the Times Union Center, and just having at it. Uh, where people are in lion tamers, people are getting kicked, stunned. Uh, I'm choking people out with the Tasmission. Uh, just you know, I, I speared a friend of mine in the bus stop before. Uh, we were just full on wrestling matches. I don't know how we managed to not like draw the attention of the police or something like that, or innocent bystanders, you know, intervening or anything like that. Nothing, nothing like that ever happened. Um, but no, that was a thing. So, yeah, no, you, I wasn't I'm not dealing with that flippy floppy move stuff. <laughs> flippy,
1: floppy. <laughs> I, um, tamer,
0: I, I put care in the lion tamer. So there's photographic evidence to prove it. I'm
2: looking for it right now, Pilch. Oh, maybe I don't have it anymore. That would be terrible. The
0: funny thing is that picture. I'm I'm trying to like sell it, but I'm laughing so hard that I can't sell it properly.
2: (laughs) Oh man! Oh, I think it's gone. Oh, (laughs) we'll talk about this later. Um, Anywho, (laughs) so yeah, that was that match. Uh, So ring the bell on Giant and Kevin Nash. (laughs) All right, the uh, next one we got here, we got Brett the Hitman Hart versus Kurt Henning, and uh, just like a regular Schmegular match, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, I like how they, <laughs> WCW, they they will they will make a knockoff of a song. I tell you what, that it's like it's so close to Brett to the to the Brett Hart's music it's so close but it's like it's not quite cl- it's like it's missing something but it's so close it's like if you close if you like you know kind of close your eyes and not really pay attention you would swear it's it
3: i couldn't remember if this was the actual theme that he used in WCW or if this was um another one of those we're going to dub over the theme things i couldn't tell um I don't remember if that was the one he had used or not, but, yeah, it was it was a very those knockoffs are, are impressive at times. Sometimes they're cheesy and sometimes they, they reuse them, but some of the other ones are just like pristine like to the line to where it's like almost like you said, almost the exact same thing that you had always heard.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. So I don't know. This match was. It was. I mean, I liked it when they did it at SummerSlam, like whatever it was. Uh, which SummerSlam was it? it was like SummerSlam like '92, something like that. Like I, I liked this match then. Uh, it was in that area. Yeah. Uh,
3: Maybe it was before 92. I want to say 92 was the one where they did in Wembley, where it was uh, Brett and uh, Bulldog in the main event for the IC title. Oh. But I do know it was Brett beat Mr. Perfect to win the IC title originally.
2: No, um, oh, I thought he beat Piper when it the first time.
3: Uh, not the first time, I don't think.
2: I thought that was the first time where he reversed the sleeper.
3: I don't remember if that was the first time or not. Um, but they did have a match at some point in the WWE, and it was it was a really good match. And I don't not too sure about this one.
2: Yeah, I mean, Mister Perfect, Perfect didn't even do his uh the rope spot. True. When he does the when he gets kicked in the leg, and then he does the oh, leg that No, they didn't. They did absolutely. I didn't see it. I must have missed it then. One hundred percent did it. All right, I must have missed it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this match was okay. I guess it was all right. I didn't like the. Uh, so was it? It was perfect. Hit Bret Hart, tried to hit Bret Hart with the, the cushion chair. Mm-hmm. And I don't, did he like lose his grip? Like, was the chair really heavy? Like, I don't know. But like, it was just a very, very um, obvious swing and a miss. Like, he didn't get any of it. And they tried to like play it off, like, oh, I think he got some of it. And like, no, he didn't get any of it. But Brett sold it like he got hit with it.
3: Yeah the 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 cushion chairs is, is awkward to swing.
2: Yeah, I don't know why he even gra- like there was there was definitely another chair out there that he could have, you know, gotten. But I don't know whatevs. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, this match was just it was all right. You know, it was just all right. Pilt? Uh,
0: yeah, I think Warren's going to wreck me on this segment because all I have is when Rick Rude walked into Men's Warehouse, he just asked for a doo-doo brown suit. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> no That's it. <laughs> I'm not sure who won the match. It might have been Bret Hart. I don't know. Who cares? You, you want me to no, go? I'm, I'm serious. That's all I got. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, so the last time we saw Kurt Henning uh, in a match on, on the Triple R podcast was not a great showing either. So uh, let's see if this one was any better. Spoiler alert. It wasn't. Um, There was so much talent from the late 80s and early 90s that came out of Robbinsdale, Minnesota. Uh, for example, Road Warrior Hawk, Smash from Demolition, Nikita Koloff, and then these two who were best friends in high school. They all grew up together. Um, Ridiculously slow pace uh, to start with these two. It was a botch and a hip toss by Brett and was giving it to Kurt Henning. He just kind of didn't do his flip or whatever and then slid out of the ring and pouted for a little while. Um, more terrible officiating here in uh, in WCW. There's no way that the ref did not see Rick Rude come in and break up the sharpshooter. Just impossible to miss him in that doo-doo brown suit. Um Henning has uh, Brett Brett Fart, Jesus Christ. Henning has Brett Hart in a figure four, and he gets aid from Rick Rude. Also, and does aid on the ropes. Um, But by the time Brett is pointing to to, get the ref's attention, they're saying that Rude's helping him. Like Rude helps and lets go. Brett points, and then Rude helps again once the ref is definitely looking towards Rude so he can count to uh, tell him to break the hold. Uh, This whole spot just looked off, or at least the the end part of it. Whenever Brett sells that uh, chest person to a buckle, it's always a great sell. Um, Pilch commented on on Rick Rude's doo-doo brown suit. I wanted to say that it looked like it was – a size or two too big. And then like Chris mentioned, why did Kurt Henning grab the cushioned chair to uh, go and attack Bret Hart? You just grab a regular, as Chris says, regular schmegular chair to do, uh, to do some damage. Um, Not a great showing. Uh, I don't think, I don't think I had any issues with the ending here. I'm just glad it ended. Uh, because this just wasn't a very good match and a very good showing. Um and I was, you know, always a big Kurt Henning fan, but uh this era in WCW is just not to the Mr. Perfect level that he was back in WWE. Yeah, it it just
2: yeah. I don't know they but that's just wcw they're just they they wanted to to boost the egos of these you know past their prime talents instead of boosting their using them to boost their younger talent and it's just i don't know it's like yeah cool you got Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect, like, we already saw this match Like, a couple years ago in WWE Like, Hogan versus Macho Man Yeah, sweet We saw it already, Mega Powers, man We've been here, we've done this
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is Stuff like that is definitely Where the downfall starts
2: Yeah, so I don't know They tried, I guess Or maybe they didn't
0: (laughs) I mean, did they though?
2: No. They they yeah.
0: And also that's that's Rick Rude's look. Like his his look is I'm gonna buy a suit that's two sizes too big. <laughs> I don't know why. Just it's always been his look. It's his thing.
3: Yeah. I mean even the even the early days of, of DX when he was managing for Sean and Triple H in China, his his suits were exactly the same. They looked one size too big and they were a lot of earth earth tones where they were the browns and the tans and whatnot.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean I would not buy a suit that was a size too big, but you know. Teach their own. You know, whatever makes yeah. you happy at the end of the day.
3: Exactly.
2: So, yeah. I mean, we can ring the bell on this match. I think we're done. Uh, so now we are at the heavyweight championship match. Um, Sting versus Scott Hall. Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know how I feel about it. It's First of all, Scott Hall is selling like he's drunk, which he might be drunk. I don't know. But he's just like, oh, I don't, I don't even know if I would call it overselling. It's more like he's like comically selling throughout. I don't even say throughout the match. I think it's just like in the beginning of the match, he's just like very, very, very over the top for some reason. And I don't know why. Um. I don't know if Sting like did something to him or he's like beefing or whatever but mm. it was very annoying to watch as all Um who wants to talk about this one? Pilch, you got any notes on this one?
0: Uh I guess I don't I don't know. I mean <laughs> So why was Scott Hall mocking the giant in this match? You saw that? He did like the zombie walk and like did like the, like, you know, choke slam thing. Like, I feel, I feel like he wasn't a hundred percent sure who he was facing here.
3: <laughs> either, either that was the case. And you would go back to the Chris's comment of maybe Scott Hall was drunk here. Or he was just mocking the Giant because that's what Hall and Nash did.
0: Yeah, I, I guess. You know,
3: however you want to look at it.
0: I, to me, I just can't believe this was for the WCW, WCW championship. Like, really? This is, like, your main belt and you got a drunk guy. Like, it's just... I don't know I feel like I, I have notes here and like they're not even worth reading because they're just nonsense and you know maybe I will read them fuck it Bill O'Reilly um dusty leg trip question mark momentum shifter maybe question mark wobbly crotch shot question mark sorry dusty exclamation point no dusty question mark <laughs> <laughs> outsider's edge reverse to scorpion death drop uh sting tells dusty to suck it those are my notes that's all i have for the, the championship match of this pay-per-view that's it and 95 percent of the notes are about dusty Rhodes, who isn't even in the match like what what are they doing like why uh i mean i i love wcw now, if this was a Scott Hall Sting Carson City Silver Dollar match, <laughs> you know, you got my attention. But Yeah, I don't know. I mean I think the thing that surprised me the most about this match is I Scott Hall is a lot bigger than I always remembered him being for some reason. I don't know why. I always I always pictured him as like a mid-card like kind of like Daniel Bryan size kind of guy. And that was the one thing that struck me in this match: is when Sting got in the ring, he Scott Hall's a big guy, like a lot bigger than I thought he was, and he actually makes Sting look kind of small. Believe it or not.
3: So Scott Hall, to my recollection, was always billed as about six seven. Um. Yeah, that's pretty- where he. Yeah, no, he, he's a legit big guy. Um. Yeah, they got him down to six seven two eighty seven as his build, uh, build height and weight. Where Sting was billed as uh, like six two two fifty. So the size difference, at least by height, was very evident in this contest.
0: Yeah, so my uh, step brother, who is fourteen years younger than I am, I think thirteen or fourteen years younger than I am, he's six six, and he and um, I'm five eight. So it's a that's kind of how I felt about the Sting Scott Hall match. Was yeah, it's like this Scott Hall is a lot bigger than I thought he was. Um, but no, this match was terrible and, um, yeah, I mean, you know, my notes are nonsensical and I stand by them, you know, when I, uh, watched this pay-per-view, I was stone cold sober and the fact that I'm still stone cold sober and I don't recognize anything I wrote. I think lends to the nonsensicalness <laughs> of this uh, pay-per-view, so.
2: Well, yeah, this match wasn't great. It just it wasn't great. I don't even remember how the the finish to the match.
3: Um,
0: it was a I think it was reversed to a Scorpion Death Drop.
2: Yes, that's right. I do remember that when Dusty came in. He took his sweet time dropping this elbow, wound it up for like what seemed like forever, and then it didn't even like do anything. And then when he got Sting punched him, when he was on the apron, and he <laughs> did the whole Hogan convuls- convulsions thing, like on holding <laughs> the rope. It's like, what are you do you, Dusty? This isn't about you. Like it's not about you. <laughs> I don't know. They just. They do these things. It's right. it's
3: it's not about Dusty, but then again, it's all about Dusty. That's true.
2: Yeah, I guess it's all about Dusty. Uh, uh, do you have any 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 additional things you want to add, Warren?
3: Um, so I'll add the 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 good things I I thought about on this match or that I jotted down. I always like Scott Hall's uh, choke slam. Um. Usually the choke slams were reserved for much, much bigger guys. You know, the ones that are billed as like legit seven-footers. Um, but I always liked his choke his slam. This one was a uh, much quicker pace than the Bret Hart and Kurt Henning match. Um, got the crowd back into it, even though it was relatively short. Um, Scott Hall did a fallaway slam to Sting, and Sting looked like he almost tried to put his arm down to brace his fall. And it just looked like it was about to go in the wrong direction, like his elbow pointing in the wrong direction, if it landed a certain way. Um, Dusty was heavy on the interference throughout the the whole match, but it wasn't enough. And the crowd didn't really wake up uh, until Sting, Sting hit that Scorpion death drop. Um, I think it is – there's no – real answer as to why, one, your heavyweight title match is ten, less than 10 minutes, less than nine minutes long, or two, why it doesn't close the show. Um, I think that devalues staying as your champion, the fact that it was eight minutes and wasn't it wasn't a showing that you would want for your heavyweight title. It devalues Scott Hall, who just won your your World War Three uh, Battle Royal to earn the right to fight. Staying here, um, and then you chose to put on a insequential, Doesn't really have any meaning steel cage match between two guys in the same faction supposedly fighting for control of that faction. And then we will talk about that when we get there with how they decided to handle that match. Um But this just fell flat. This match, it did. Um, Shouldn't have been here. Should have closed the show. Should have been longer. Should have been a, a much better showing with the two competitors that were in there. Um, A lot of shoulders for this match that just didn't happen.
2: Yeah, I mean, you always end with here. Unless it's like some crazy stipulation type, you know,
3: match. I wouldn't even say stipulation, but if there's a a legitimate blood feud that is, or storyline that's been going on to where they have to end it in a cage or they have to end it in a last man standing, but it's by your two top guys, even if they don't have the title, if that wants to end the mat in the pay-per-view fine, you still have to give your world title the time it deserves. And then you have to have a match that's worth being in the main event. And as we're going to get to talk about, I don't think this one was worth it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, definitely. Definitely not. Um, yeah, let's just let's ring the bell on this. <coughs> All right. We get to our final match. God damn it. Hollywood Hogan versus Macho Man inside of a steel cage. Now, I will say this. They got a better steel cage. More conventional steel cage, I guess I would say.
3: Yes. Much, Um, much more conventional.
2: I mean, it's just, you know, they come out to NWO music. Everybody's coming out to NWO music, which is fine. Um, But, again, Steel Cage, Steel Cage rules. You can win by pin, you can win by submission, or you can win by escaping the cage. Now, I have to
3: ask here, did they announce those were the
2: ways that you could win the match? I am pretty sure, because even when... Hogan, they are trying going out the cage. The well, collectors say, "Oh, we could have a winner right here," and then yep. they both get out, and they're like, "Oh, maybe not." Yeah, they never stop the match. It's just it's steel cage rules. Everybody knows the rules to a steel cage. You win by pin. You can win by submission, or you can win by escaping the cage first and having both feet touch the floor. And I feel like they they say it. They say it. At the beginning of the match. They always say it. And and we literally just
3: did another cage match with Hogan and Piper where the exact same thing happened to where they get out and the match doesn't end. Yep. And you would think that they would have learned their lesson then,
2: but they didn't. They did
0: not. I'll take you one further. Is we did a cage match with Rick Ric Flair where he tried to escape the cage when you couldn't escape the cage and win.
3: Yeah, that one. That one was not a a, a escape the cage and win. They had it situated so that you couldn't climb out and you couldn't climb in, and Rick yeah. Flair still trying to climb up to the top.
0: So I just feel like WCW in general yeah. just doesn't understand cages.
3: The only cage that they understood is the War Games cage. Yeah. Yeah. Every okay. other cage match, at uh, least that we've seen, no comprehension of how cage matches work.
0: Yeah, it's, it, it's not their strong suit. Everyone's got a weakness, and cages are theirs, I guess.
3: Yes. WWE's weakness, probably tag team wrestling. WCW's weakness, cage matches.
0: Yeah. Tag team wrestling, booking people from NXT correctly.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to keep it short.
0: How much time you got?
3: Not enough. But uh, I guess I'll get to the rest of my notes. Go for it. We, now that we've already torn the match apart, uh, Michael Buff is out here in the main event. It's a staple at this point in an era of WCW, uh, trying to make the main event match uh, more meaningful. Uh, early on in the match, something happened with the lights; and they were just off. They were wrestled like that for you know a good couple minutes until they slowly came back on. Uh both guys ended up getting bloody here. I couldn't tell you when it exactly happened. Um, and I wanna say the the camera once they realized they were both cut and the camera just staying at that zoomed out hard camera was a, a post WWE thing on the network because they don't want to show blood anymore. Um, or if WWE does get blood, they usually go to like the black and white, at least when they show the clip after the fact. Um, so I want to say that was that zoom out was was something they added in post, not something that that's what happened when it aired at the time. Um, but this was just not an exciting match at all. Uh, I don't think I knew what the stakes were supposed to be until about midway through the match. When they mentioned that they were fighting for control of the NWO, um, this should have been earlier in the card. This should have been definitely before the world title match. We've we've said that at nauseum. We also talked about how they both get out of the cage, and Hogan steps out first, and then uh, Macho Man follows. But nobody rings the bell. The refs don't call for the bell. The announcers are confused, and they just get back in the ring after that. And the ref, the outside ref, just locks the cage back again like nothing happened. Um. So then we get the disciple out here who takes the ref out in the ring. Mm-hmm. Now he's in the ring, and they're going to get the one up on Savage. Sting comes down from the rafters to aid Savage, but then Savage hits Sting. Because Savage is still in the NWO and then walks out. And as he walks out, as as he walks out, Hogan is saying, You're still in the NWO. I'm in charge. Another non-resolution ending for WCW. That just doesn't make sense. Why is the the disciple out here? Uh, Why does Sting come down? Why at that moment to where it would have been a perfect time for them to turn, maybe even turn Savage away from the NWO, even if it's not face, but then he attacks Sting and then still doesn't stay with the NWO and just kind of walked out on his own. Um, just nonsense, and it's their obsession with ending the pay per view or ending a show with like no resolution or in some kind of massive brawl, and they're out of time and all that stuff. It's becoming old uh, at this point, and uh, give me some more finality when it comes to uh, a show or a storyline, please.
2: Pilt, you got anything you want to add to this?
0: Um, yeah, so I started this match and I saw that Hulk Hogan was coming out to the NWO theme so I paused it and I made sure to play Voodoo Child in the background and put it on mute because my Hollywood Hulk Hogan comes out to Voodoo Child, not the NWO theme. I don't give a shit this,
1: anyway, this is correct.
0: If that if he comes out without that guitar riff, it's not a Hulk Hogan match, in my opinion, a WCW Hulk Hogan match, anyway. Um, so they, 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 I just have so many questions. Um, Hogan's go-to move in this match is the back rake, right? Which I love. <laughs> I love a good back rake, but like you can't use a back rake while you're wearing gloves. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like I think, (laughs) I
3: I think, and and we'd have to go back and look, but I think he did have his fingers, his fingers out in these gloves. I
0: I looked at this, right. And normally he wears the fingerless gloves and you are correct, but not in this particular occasion, they were fingered gloves.
3: Wow. Amazing.
0: Um, I just,
3: and Macho still sold it like a champ
2: too. Oh
0: no, he did. He did. He he did his best. Um, the storyline makes zero sense here. Uh, before you start speaking, if I would went first I, at the end of what I said, I would have had no idea who won. I I still don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> did Macho Man win? And he won the NWO, but like. What does that even mean? They don't have the title right now. I mean, it just...
3: Nobody uh, wins. When this happens. Nobody wins.
0: I hate to beat a dead horse here, but the big spot of the whole match was the double axe handle off top rope.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Give me anything else
0: besides... The axe
2: handle off the top of the cage, you mean?
0: Yeah, sure. He, he turns out <laughs> top of the cage. H- hits him with a double axe handle, just lands on his feet. Like, yeah. Just, I don't know.
3: Now, you were, then, now I mean, remember, remember, Savage does the same exact thing in the Piper Hogan match to where we, much, he. Much higher. Much higher. And this one, that cage was from the outside to. Uh, was around the outside of the ring. So they still could have gone to the outside of the ring. He had to clear that plus get in the ring and then hit his and then hit his move.
0: And, you know, I don't have a giant oh. issue with the double axe handle. I, I have the issue with the fact that this is, like, the big spot, right? It's like, get all the way up to the top of the cage, and I'm, com- I'm coming down hard. But I'm going to land on my feet, and uh, I'm going to tap you with my, my hands. But you're going to feel it. Let's <laughs> <coming. laughs> you're gonna feel it just yeah no this is honestly in so I I have a notebook an entire notebook like filled of notes right and I just started my second notebook on this pay-per-view and I always write down like the order of the matches who was in the match I write my notes at the end I had a winner and this is the first and only time I've ever written written at the bottom winner question mark. I don't I still don't know who won. Was it 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 no man? Maybe. Was it Hulk Hogan? Maybe.
3: No, there's no there's no resolution to the whole thing.
0: Vince McMahon? Probably. I mean this this is the beginning of the downfall, so um yeah no I mean I love WCW. I just I, I like the Carson City WCW. I'm not a fan of... <laughs> I like the Carson WCW. City
2: WCW. Oh, boy. No one likes the Carson City WCW.
0: That Bite your tongue, sir. <laughs> so, actually, before we end this, and this has nothing to this pay-per-view, they had um, on AEW Dynamite last week. Cody Rhodes took on a dark talent. It was like part of the show, and he took on uh, Pretty Peter Avalon. And when he came out, they announced him as Pretty Peter Avalon from Carson City, Nevada, and I lost my mind.
1: Oh, <laughs>
2: oh
0: boy! It's like oh, new favorite wrestler
3: is the the librarian Peter Avalon. Uh-huh.
0: Well, now he's pretty Peter Evelyn. Him and Leva Bates are done.
3: He'll always be a librarian to
2: me. Um, I will say that... I just, I don't know. I know you already touched on this, but it just really bothered me. Like, Hogan is in the NWO. Macho Man is in... The NWO. Then you got the disciple comes out and he's in the NWO. And then who comes to Macho Man's Rescue? Sting. Sting not in the NWO. Why is he coming to Macho Man's Rescue? Why is he want what is in it for Sting to come out, to come down from the rafters and help Macho Man to beat up Hogan? Like, yeah, I get it. You hate Hogan and you don't like the NWO, but you also don't like Macho Man. He's in the NWO. You know
3: and, what I mean? And this is also after Sting had already fought Hogan for the title mm-hmm. at Starcade and won. Yep. So there's nothing in it for you. No, not to Absolutely not to but there's no reason for you to come down. I know you like you said, I know you want to get after Hogan, but you're entering a ring with three other guys that are definitely in the group that you are opposed against. You're you setting yourself up. Yeah. You're just you're going out there to get beat up. And maybe maybe at some point you somebody was gonna think that maybe Savage was gonna leave the NWO because of you know this match or whatever. And fine. Uh, but just I if I were sting, I wouldn't have put myself in that situation.
2: Right. Who would? Who would? Not many.
1: Not many. if, if If
2: macho man was gonna leave the NWO and say this is how he gets out, you gotta let him get take that ass woman. You gotta let him get beat up. And then he says, I'm done. I'm I'm done. I'm over it. Like I'm out of NWO. And then the next night. You do the same thing, like they come out and try and beat him up, and then you come and help him. Yeah, like he's still in. He came out to the NWO music. Yep, he's still in the NWO.
0: If if anyone out there was ever curious as to why Chris Jericho, Dean Malenko, Perry Saturn, Chris Benoit, all these people left WCW, this is why. Yeah. Because like it, it was just nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. The last like hour and a half of this pay per view is nonsense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. It's most of it's hard to watch.
3: the The main event for sure was tough to get through.
0: I mean, we, it was we've all been doing what? What is this? Our twelfth episode. 11th, 12th, 13th? Uh, Thirteen. I have never passed on a segment before. And we did Bash the Beach 96. I, I went through every one. I, honestly, I kind of wanted to pass on every segment after, like, number five. I, I gutted it out.
3: I could have... Once we got through the U.S. title match... Um, and started the the tirade of of NWO representation. And truth be told, I was a huge NWO fan from the get go. I
2: mean,
3: it was- uh, many people were. Uh just this just was not was not the way to do it, and the booking didn't help. The match order didn't help. Some of the match quality, or not some of the match quality, a lot of the match quality didn't help. And uh, it just all in all added up to a very terrible way to end the pay-per-view.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that.
3: I don't even think we'll be able to get awards out of this honestly
0: I mean well, I don't I don't know where, where my bananas are going
2: where are your bananas going I'm curious where are your bananas going
0: they're going to you sir going to me buy any unripe bananas because you won't live to eat them yeah?
2: why do I get the bananas because I picked it yep god damn it <laughs> 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 Suck <a> bitch <laughs> I,
0: I gave myself the bananas once I can give you the bananas Alright
2: fine I guess I'll give myself bananas For picking this I, I mean yeah. uh,
1: Don't buy any unripe bananas yet Cause you won't live to eat them
3: Yeah I <sighs> As much as I would like to make it a trifecta and give the bananas to you, Chris, I I can't. I'm going to try and stick to the the letter of the law, and I'm going to give my unripe bananas to. Don't
1: buy any unripe bananas, yeah, because you won't live to eat them. Yeah,
3: to Lex Luger and Scott's Diner. There you go. Uh, our, just, a, just not a great match and showing by them, and uh, it just was the start of. Like I said, there was a the little bump in there with the triple threat, which was a decent match, but then it just nosedived after that. So where everything after after that was just god awful.
0: The only reason I disagree with that just a little bit is because I, I completely agree with you. It was a terrible match. Awful. <laughs> but at least it made sense.
3: I okay, no, I, like we I just I, had
0: four I, matches in a row that don't make any sense at all.
3: Um no, I agree with that. Uh yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. It it it, it did make sense. I will give it that. And it, it served its purpose. I Just four minutes for a match is less than four minutes for a match is is telling. And it's yeah. telling when you give a random singles match with Bret Hart and Kurt Henning th- almost 14 minutes and then a random steel cage match with Hogan and Savage 15 minutes.
0: That's 15 minutes of my life I'll never get back. So yeah, thank you, Chris. That's why you have the bananas.
2: Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, on an unrelated note, I did not find that picture pill. I don't have it anymore. It's not on my phone of you doing the lion tamer to Kara. But I did find the first picture I took with Miles, and he looks white as shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's well you like, know he's like as white as Sammy in this picture.
3: You know, um a cousin of ours, uh our cousin Nikki, when I was born, she said I came out orange. You
2: came out orange.
3: <laughs> yeah, because I was I was rather I was rather light when I when I was uh,
2: a baby. Yeah. But he's like really white. Yeah. Oh man, there's a picture of Sydney, she looks like, so little. She's not little anymore. No, she's not. She's no, it's basically an adult. <laughs> I bet you, Warren. I bet you money. You give Sydney. I don't. Even, you don't even have to give it to her. Just tell Sydney going into into the brew crew and buy a sixer. They will give it to her. they are not going to her.
0: Um, I don't think I've they said would. that before. I would give. I would. I would sell beer to Sydney, without a doubt.
2: I, I do not think they would – if she just like didn't open her mouth, like if she didn't talk and she just walked in, placed it down, handed money, I don't think they would Carter. her. And even if they did, you give them Isha's ID, she could buy it. Easy. I don't think um,
3: – I think she would still need – like a, a year or two before she could do that. I don't know, Warren. I don't know. <laughs> she's when you she's so tall. She's so tall, <laughs> yes. And she's she's easily bigger than a lot of the 6th graders at my school that that at uh, the yeah. school that I work at. And a lot of the 7th graders and a lot of the 8th graders. True.
0: Warren, um, right, I I'm, I'm 33 years old. She's bigger than I am.
3: 100%. Um but it's very hard for her in in situations to not crack a smile. That's true. Uh, yeah. Especially when she's extremely nervous about something. Mm-hmm. Um so that would show that she's younger than you think she is. Right, right. That would be the only thing. If she's able to to harness that, then I, of course she could pass, I think. But I don't I don't need to think about my <laughs> my oldest daughter uh
2: no well, what I was
3: getting
2: thing so like Kara, she always has her backup licenses and it's just like all her old like expired licenses that she never like gets rid of and she just like keeps them in case I'm yeah and get ri- if Ish has any backup licenses get rid of them cuz <laughs> he's going to get to that point where she's like oh this is my <laughs> mom's ID and go get i'm just saying ask yeah. if she has any backup licenses daughter
0: we need
3: to hide. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll be, I'll be sure to mention that to the wife.
0: Also, what you're saying is she needs the miles stink face.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I got to show you uh, a picture of miles from when we were at your bachelor party, Chris. And miles was randomly up at like two or three in the morning
2: Oh, I remember it. you showed us, you showed
1: us.
3: Yep. And they were downstairs and miles just needed to read a book. And he took a picture of it and sent it to me. And it's like, he's looking at the camera and it's like, yeah, I'm reading a book at three in the morning. What are you, you going to do about it?
0: Sometimes you just got to read a book, man. Not a damn
3: thing. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> basically.
0: This Dr. Seuss is lit right now.
3: <laughs> um, We should probably wrap this up because we're at a zofting two hours and 15 minutes. Oh, man. We're really that long? No, oh, we're long. All right.
2: I always think like we're gonna we're getting shorter. We're getting shorter. Nope. Oh, no. Never. And I...
3: I was for sure that this pay-per-view was going to be short because of how
2: terrible it, it ended. But it's the more um, terrible it is, the more we have to say about it. That's this
3: is this is 100% true. Um, could, I, could I interest you guys in just saying a little rest in peace to ever watching an uncensored pay-per-view again?
2: Mm, I don't know. We got to give the other ones a shot, right?
3: I don't think we do.
2: We wouldn't be doing our due diligence as the uh, retro wrestling review. Report? Review? Report. 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 Retro wrestling report and reviewing old wrestling.
3: Okay. It was worth a shot.
0: Anywho,
2: thanks for listening. Uh, Chris, Chris, Chris,
0: Chris. What? So. Uh, there's a couple things. Oh, uh, first is you need to declare a winner because our season finale is next week.
2: Oh boy, I gotta declare. Oh. Winner. oh, um, I have the sheet up.
3: Chris is uh is ahead right now. He's got four wins. Obviously, he can't win here.
2: He I can't, can I do? Oh, he can't win here winner, because he already lost. Chris, can we so all? What if no one wins?
0: That hmm. that is work. Before you yeah. declare a winner, the loser has to host next week, so it's a square off. Otherwise, we're not going to get a winner. Just
1: that's true.
2: okay.
0: And I think we should make it that the host picks the next pay per view.
2: I thought that's how it always was.
0: No, the winner always picks the next pay per view. But if oh, I got
2: gotcha. you. Gotcha.
0: Warner, right. I win. It should be an equal playing field. You know what I mean? Right.
2: Gotcha. gotcha. Okie dokes. So, um,
0: here's another question, Chris. Mm-hmm. Did you keep tally at all during this?
2: I did not. I forgot. <laughs> okay. Um. So.
0: I was curious Here, about that. I figured that was my answer. Here's what we're going to do
2: then. I got oh. to pick a winner.
0: Dios mio, oh, Papa. Let's, uh, let's do this. Let's do this. Chingao, senor.
3: I'm
2: say that this is great radio. No, it's perfect radio, bro. It's perfect radio. Uh, uh, let's do this. Mm-hmm.
1: But up Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. Here we Chris. go. There's a
3: Chris quote right there.
2: There it is. Hold on. What? Oh, no, I'm not doing that. All right. Who anyway.
0: Mongo?
2: So, what we're going to do, I'm going to say Warren's going to get the W. I'm going to say Warren gets the W on this one.
3: Okay, what's what's the I have all right, not that I'm gonna pass up on the W, but what's the justification?
2: Uh Pilch didn't take any notes. That's
0: it. Did I take, did I take any notes? notes? I huh? took a ton of notes. Pills, ton of notes? Yeah. I thought you didn't take any notes. You heard no, him just, flip like, his page. I didn't hear page. Yeah, like five pages of notes, yeah.
3: I absolutely heard him flip his page. Oh, boy. Well, then...
0: I mean, Warren can win. That's fine. But you need a justification other than something that's a lie.
2: All right. <coughs> I don't know. Then. I, don't, I guess I don't have a justification.
0: Ooh. So... We could do the... The triple threat match we've talked about
3: next week. Next week, or are we still going to do that in two weeks time?
1: Oh, no.
3: I. yeah. So this. So right now, me and Chris both have four. Sure. So me and Chris would have to face off next week in a pay-per-view of your choice. Mm-hmm. To see who's going to be first place. And then the following week, we will do triple R mania, palooza, whatever you want to call it, to, uh, to where we do our big shindig to end our first season.
0: Sure. I mean, I'm calling shenanigans on this whole first season. Just so you guys know. <laughs>
3: well, that would th- then you would blame Chris because yeah, I, he chose not to do notes.
0: Yeah, and then he he gave me the loss for not taking notes when I took notes.
3: When you absolutely, a hundred percent took notes, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. All really
2: yeah, yeah, right, thank you for listening to the Triple R podcast. I think this uh, is this
3: is a great time to finally break this dropout after our first episode.
0: We uh, first time in your life you weren't allowed us person. Uh, okay, you can
2: find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Triple R Podcast. Uh, <laughs> website, triplerpodcast uh, dot You can email us at the real triple R podcast at gmail.com. We are available on uh, Google Podcasts, on Stitcher on Apple podcasts on Spotify podcast addict. Um, make sure to, uh, rate review and subscribe to our, uh, all our shows on all our forums and, uh, all that good stuff. We appreciate the feedback. Um, Hope to hear from all of our dedicated listeners at some point in the future. Uh, I'm Chris Lee, joined by Warren and Pilch. Uh, Do you guys have any final thoughts before we get out of here?
3: I am anxiously waiting to see what pay-per-view Pilch is going to pick. And I wonder if we'll still be in the in the in knee deep in WCW with this pay per view. Mm. Spoiler: alert, You're gonna hate it. I, hate it. <laughs> I no, if it's wrestling, there's no way I'm gonna hate it. Well, I mean, we'll have to, we'll have to find out next week.
1: All right. Well, we'll see you next week, guys.